Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome to episode 77 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me on the couch today is my co-host, Matthew Aguilar. What up? And producer Jim Viscardi is back after I'm a, back. an extended absence. He's been doing other things he has to do to produce, I guess, in other areas of the site. So uh, I just want to like... like play a bit of Eric Bischoff music right now. It's like, I'm back. Mm. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's not that official. Like, let's, it's, let's, let's it's all calm best. down. It's not, it's not that official it. or a big deal yet. Like, let's calm down. Like, It's been it's been a while. It has been. I've let, I've let like four other people sit in my seat over there. Yeah, it's very weird because there's you're nobody like, over there right like now. A very <laughs> odd. You're like a Korath <laughs> gif right now. Like, ooh. <laughs> so, producer James Viscardi is back, and we got a lot of fun stuff to talk about today. Uh, we are going to get dragged into this debate about Marvel movies being cinema because it just won't stop. It just won't stop, and people have brought it up to us, and so Can't we're going to talk stop. about this. And, you know, this seems like a grenade we should hop on. It's been exploding all over <laughs> the internet, so why not get a little shrapnel in our bones? So we'll be talking about that. We're also going to be talking about the new Batman game that's rumored to be kind of uh, hitting pretty soon. That sounds pretty exciting. We are also going to do another segment of uh, Rants and Raves where we break down some of the stuff we're watching and want to tell you guys about, whether it's good, bad, ugly, or in between somewhere. Mm -hmm. And we will be doing a review of Marvel's Marauders, the new X-Men spinoff book from the Dawn of X line. We're going to be talking about that because I know me and Matt read it and uh, Jim read it and uh, we had thoughts. So we're going to share those thoughts. But at first, as I said, we're going to start this off with a grenade in the room, which is <laughs> this whole Marvel Cinematic Universe as cinema or not debate that's been going around. It just started with comments, of course, that, you know, we threw shade at Martin Scorsese in an earlier episode because he made these comments about Marvel movies not being like real cinema uh, but then it became a thing in the press, and so, of course, you know, in the awesome industry we're in, every person read that article and has now just been running up on every director they can. <laughs> Literally find. every junket, the last yeah. question is, what do you think about Martin Scorsese's comments? And yeah. it's just like, oh, God. Yeah, and it's just every director, like, we're getting to people, like, I don't even know, like, a kid in film school has a thought on whether <laughs> Marvel movies are cinema Chuck. Yeah, Chuck from film school, like, has thoughts. But it, it's gotten to the point where... Like, yeah, this is one of those things where, like, social media and things going viral has 
the wrong effect <laughs> where like Bob Iger is now of CEO of Disney is now weighing in on this. That's and, when you know yeah. it's gotten out of hand. Yeah, like throwing Bob Iger's throwing shade in meetings about Marvel movies and cinema and even when he's trying to do something good, he's ends up getting roasted like it, well, it's just And also as we'll get to when we kind of like when we kind of dive deeper into some of these comments, we're getting to the point where like people don't have anything like original because that's all been taken. So they're going to some weird places yeah, so, to find the line. So like let's just movies. go over it. So Scorsese said like they're not real cinema, that they're basically like amusement parks. Yeah. And he was just kind of, I think, mentioning like they're just spectacle houses, right? Mm -hmm. Which there's a fair amount to be said about that. Then Francis Ford Coppola got involved Whoa. in what did he say exactly? Like Oh man, I don't. I've like not been keeping up with this beef because it's just. He, he, basically, he basically said something along the lines of this, like, like yes, he's right. Uh, yeah, but he doubled down. Yeah, he was like, yeah, he's right, and also like he then took his comments he threw bigger further. Shade, right? Yes, yeah, he he just threw a, an even bigger shadow of shade over this whole thing, and he called them despicable. I believe. Yeah, that was. Yeah. That was yeah. So despicable from the guy who brought you Godfather Three, who just didn't know when to quit. Yeah, so, and hasn't really been able to launch a successful movie. We remember That's that movie despicable. you made with uh, Elle Fanny a couple years ago, buddy. Oh, right. That was, yeah, I'm not going to say the name, I'm not giving you that shine, but uh, <laughs> it, it wasn't good. So, yeah, he took it a step further, he's calling them despicable, and then, like Matt said, after that, it just, it exploded because... Not only the directors, but every like Marvel related star or non star mm -hmm. has had to comment on Aniston. Yeah, hey, I, was, I, was driving, I was driving in this morning and I listened to Free Bear and Hot Wings uh, in the morning, and Kevin Smith was on, and he had been like, he's been asked almost every day because Kevin Smith's on a, a tour now, and literally every new person is getting the chance to just ask him that. Uh, but it's funny because I think one of the things he said, and it's a, a, an interesting thing to sort of look back on, the, the movies that Scorsese and Coppola are known for and revered for, you know, are, are movies that they grew up watching that were all, that were like utter trash. Like they grew up watching <laughs> just, you know, like, just like dumb, you know, mobster movies. Yeah, 1940s. And, yeah. And it wasn't until that, you know, like, like the things that they loved and hold dear that they did their take on to elevate those movies to, yeah. to the next level. And it's just interesting because you're seeing a movie just recently like Joker that feels like someone is trying to, you know, take, say something else with a type of movie that a lot of people like and a lot of people are growing up with. And so it'll be really interesting to see like what young aspiring filmmaker now does with the superhero genre in 10 years. Yeah. Because then like, maybe that then will finally satisfy the great god of Squid. I mean it won't. It won't. It'll but, be dead. Because, but it, but because again, that mentality never goes away. It's right. always there. Yeah. It doesn't and I, matter. And I brought this up as as a funny kind of Thing to look back, I included in the show notes. People have dug up this video Dude, of John it. Carpenter. <laughs> uh, it's John Carpenter giving an interview with the BBC, like way back when. Uh, let me say what year it is. And so, like John Carpenter, who you know exploded on fame making movies like The Thing, and it's 1979, so like The Thing. Mm -hmm. It's before The Thing, but like yep. Halloween, you know, and kind of making this indie horror hit. Mm -hmm. They're doing an interview with him, BBC. And John Carpenter in his interview just craps all over, like, all of his contemporaries. <laughs> he craps on Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He craps on George Lucas. He craps on Robert Altman. But like, it's more surprising why 
and what he craps on. Like he doesn't that's crap the, on. That is ironic. That's why yes. I included it, and that's why it's so funny. And how you say <laughs> this is so circular. Um, he basically accuses these guys of basically the same kind of stuff. Like that they're like that. You now hear like. Coppola and Scorsese seeing about Marvel movies that, you know, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, it gets away from him. It's just like yes. a spectacle. <laughs> but he praises Jaws. Yeah. <laughs> for a little bit, like, yeah. yeah, for a minute. He's like, yeah, Jaws was pretty good, you know. Pretty good. <laughs> but, like, yeah, he, he, like, says American Graffiti was great, but George Lucas lost it in the Star Wars stuff. Like, it's just, and, and it just goes to show you how you know, petty filmmakers really can be. <laughs> like, your favorite filmmaker's probably, like, petty AF, unless they're, like, somebody we know to be kind of more open. Also, if you want to watch four enjoy. minutes of someone just thinking so highly about themselves, please watch this four minute and it's clip. So, it's like, But it's oh not even God. that. It's just, it's like... so... But oh it, it's just, gosh. like, some the dude at the end of the bar, like, with too many cigarettes in the ashtray, yeah, like, so pompous. just complaining about <laughs> stuff, and you're just like, I don't want to listen to this dude. It's not even like I think this dude is high and mighty and esteemed. I just listen to him, and I'm like, where they find that angry redneck? Like, <laughs> well, and, and, but it's, it's so funny, funny, too, because, like, using Scorsese again as another example, he's someone who has gone on record to say, like, he loves musicals, right? I mean, he did New York, New York, and just loves musicals. But musicals are not everyone's cup of tea, especially, you know, the ones, like, you know, that are coming out now. But I imagine if you went to Scorsese and said musicals are not elevated in elevated forms, he will he will fight back and say, no, you're absolutely wrong. Exactly. I think, again, because it, he just, likes them. It just, it, but it comes back to that <laughs> thing where I think that there's, there's that, there's a nostalgia factor at play for, gen, you know, different generations that they're gonna they're gonna say what they're saying. It's, it's old yeah, man yelling yeah. at old the sky. Man, old man have old man thing, and it's ironic because Francis Ford Coppola and Martin Scorsese, especially Scorsese, who's now coming back and making The Irishman, which mm -hmm. is like you've been making the same film <laughs> successfully like time after time, and he really has with all I mean, the he, same people. <laughs> yeah, with all the same people, and not just the mob films, but I mean, if you just want to throw like the Howard Hughes thing or yeah. Wolf mm -hmm. of Wall Street in, it's always the same American rise, yeah. mm -hmm. fall, like somewhere land on a sobering yeah. foot. That's story. what he does. Yes, yeah, what he and does. he does it extremely well. Yeah, and he does it extremely well, better yeah. than than most, but. Yes. Like, you know, Scorsese's not also, like, a master. Like, he went outside and tries to do things like Shutter Island, and it's mm -hmm. not as successful, you know what I mean? So, I mean, we can go and just give these old men a lot of problems for a long time, but uh, I thought it'd be more interesting to pull the pin on the grenade and just, like, throw it in the room and just, you know, the one thing I don't hear a lot of people addressing is, are they right? I mean, everybody gets defensive, but are they right? I mean, look, it's not, you, let's use any, you can use any of the Marvel movies you want. Or the Dark World. Yeah, right. Or the Dark World, or, or Ant-Man. Or, like, to me, I've always been of the opinion that most Marvel movies, for me, are kind of one and done. I love them. I, I enjoy them. And, and, and for me, the Marvel movies are more about the experience of the ongoing narrative and the world building that's going on in this sort of grand Kevin Feige experiment. But there are very few Marvel movies that I will actively watch over and over and over again. I think, you know, in some of them, you know, for I know people are like when I say them, they're like, what, really? I like watching the original Thor a lot. I like I, I like story. Doctor Strange. I like Ant-Man, uh, Cat Winter Soldier. Those are mo Marvel movies that I can watch over and over again. Everything else... I don't really have that urge or that itch to go. I agree like, with that. I need to go turn them on. But that doesn't answer the question. Are, well, no, I was just. Do you consider that. these? I think what I'm asking, and I think if if I there was a more nuanced conversation, it is, and I don't think it's been handled right. Is I think what they're getting at and could you know have some validity behind it is: are these cinema or are these product? 
No, they're cinema, but they're just not everybody's cup of tea. I think I think they're a little bit I of both. I think the Marvel movies yeah. have become commoditized to a point where they are product. Winter Soldier, I think, is a perfect example. What the Russos did with that movie is unlike anything that had come before it from you know from Marvel and, and took especially from the first Captain America movie, right? Like it took a character that was well, I love was the it first well, movie. I, sure, but it was a character that was campy and and you know a bit a little bit on the nose and made it you know added depth to the character of Steve Rogers in a way that I don't think anyone expected when it came out. That aspect of it and the character building and the depth and emotion that, that it built in that world and what it did, to me, yes, is cinema. Uh, okay, I guess for me, the whole thing of is it cinema or is it not is something that people made up to make themselves feel important in a conversation. If it's a movie <laughs> that someone made and it, I can go see it in a theater, it is cinema. It's not cinema that I might appreciate or might like. Like, I'm not a fan of the horror genre almost remotely except for a few pockets here but i also don't say well those aren't cinema because i don't care about them or i don't even like them i like, think but i think i disagree not, I think with that the, i don't i think I don't it's think, pretentious i think you can't i think you can't say it's a movie therefore it's cinema the right. same way you can't say it's a book therefore it's literature mm-hmm. i think they're two separate things like a beach book is a beach book right uh like a beach book mystery your, your smutty Simple. romance novels you know not. your smutty that's romance still novels. literature no it's not it's, at its base know. level yes it is I, no I, th- I think i think it's just i think a book. the definition think, of literature and yeah. cinema i think is more of is there a marvel movie that you think is going to be discussed and dissected in a film studies, i'll see you what I'll in a film studies what, just class. like I'll, just to give some background and context mm-hmm. i'll say i'll say what coppola said in full because okay. what he describes it when martin scorsese says, says that marvel pictures are not cinema he's right because we expect to learn something from cinema we expect to gain something, some enlightenment, some knowledge, some inspiration. I don't know that anyone gets anything out of seeing the same movie over and over again. Martin was kind when he said it's not cinema. He didn't say it's despicable, which I just say it is. He just contradicted his own point. He said you don't want to see the same thing over and over again, but that's what these directors make, and they're purporting that to be cinema. I know, but not in their minds. In their minds, they're telling different human stories about but you that's know. fine. But it's it is the yeah. same thing over it and kind over. Kind of is, but I think <laughs> I think what your he's point saying, is moot. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I think he's. I think what he's saying applies because it's a conversation I've had in the literary world over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like a mystery is a formula, right? Like mm-hmm. a mystery book mm-hmm. is a formula. And when you do beach reading, you don't want to be challenged. You want you don't want like a mystery book that breaks traditional narrative forms and does these is other things. Is that true for everybody or is that true for you? No, I'm saying this is true for everybody who wants a beach book reading experience. The, the whole reason you want it is I compare it to fast food and fine dining. Like yes. you can't say, a, you can say like a burger is a burger, right? But like if you go to like a master chef's restaurant right. and mm-hmm. their take That's on a using burger. using prime ingredients. Yeah, and their whole just remix of the whole burger concept into something You've never eaten before. It's different than like when you want to say, I want to go to McDonald's and I want that reliable thing I know mm-hmm. over and over again. Okay. That's like beach book reading to me. And it's not bad. I don't think I, I lose it with Coppola totally when he says one is despicable. Yes. Like that's pretentious and you need to STF you, in my opinion. Like mm-hmm. because you don't have a right to tell people like I, I'm a lover of both. So you don't have you don't have a right to tell me that yeah. anytime I want to go to McDonald's because I just want that right now, like mm-hmm. I'm failing some higher minded purpose. <laughs> like I, I like to go seek out new restaurants. I try remixes on burgers or steaks or whatever it yeah. is. But like tonight I just want some McDonald's. So it's the same thing with beach reading. Like sometimes you want to read a book that challenges you and, and makes you wrestle with something that's hard, that makes you run to the dictionary or 
or it's hard to read because you've never seen something written like this. Other times you just want to read a mystery book and chill. And I think that's okay too. Mm -hmm. And I think you don't have to stigmatize it. So I think there is room to say that like, yes, Marvel isn't traditional like high-minded cinema and that's okay. We're not trying to like compare. I don't think you should feel insecure and have to fight up that battle. Like (laughs) to be like, no, we're not cinema. We're entertainment and people love us. What? You want a billion dollars? I got some lying around. (laughs) Help you make that thing you're going to wrestle with a human soul about, you know? I think where I lose it entirely, though, and I think that they they discredit and kind of don't think about it fully, is I like Zoe Saldana's answer on this. Like, this is an argument about, really, what they're not saying is, like, we're we're talking about this as adults. Mm -hmm. Is this cinema for adults? It's kind of the unspoken thing. And Zoe Saldana smartly points out every time somebody gives her crap like this, she does this to make magic for kids. And I think that's extremely important. Kids aren't jumping in. I don't, and my kid is never jumping in to watch The Godfather. And like, <laughs> I'm not going to sit them down and be like, watch The Godfather so you have an appreciation of cinema. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I want my kid to get the magic first. So yeah. watch Ant-Man. If you see Ant-Man shrink the first time and your eyes are like, and you sit down and you love that movie, you're going to go and watch other movies mm-hmm. after that. Yeah. And I think that's the gateway. Like, I had trouble when I was growing up reading until my older brother put an X-Men comic in my hand in the yeah. early 90s and we're just like you know have some fun just relax like learn to read and i was terrible oh my god i won't even tell you half the names i tried to make up for the x-men because i couldn't really <laughs> like understand like a word what the word yeah. rogue was but it got me reading to the point where i started reading that then i read more kind of yeah. like genre novels then i read actual novels and then it was a gateway so i think these guys just discount that this is cinema to a kid who's never seen like movies or hasn't felt that magic the same way Star Wars was yeah. for us and like again you're not making movies for that kid at yeah. the same at the like, same at time all. though a lot of this happened just because of what seemed like a kind of off the cuff comment that Scorsese made. Oh, yeah. I feel like if you sat Scorsese you think down... think he regrets it now? <laughs> I don't think it necessarily... I mean, maybe, but I think if... Uh, and you know it's going to happen at some point. Scorsese Not is going because to, he doesn't believe in the comment, but more because of what it's become. Because right. Because Coppola yeah. and some But, like, you know it's coming. Someone's going to sit down with Scorsese, and he is going to give a more well-thought, fleshed-out answer. And that's what I'm curious of. Does he double down, or does he give an answer that is a bit probably more in line with what we would hope he would say because like I, like I said, like, I agree with Kofi. To just turn your nose at this stuff feels incredibly ignorant. It's a something for everyone kind of thing, and for you to just you know sort of look down on it and say something. It, it, it doesn't feel like a thing I would want to believe that Scorsese would do, but maybe he does. But I, that, that's what I'm more curious to see what happens. Can you yeah, know it's coming beyond this within a week like, or two? Yeah, I mean, because exactly. he's typically much more diplomatic, and right? Like, Respectful, well, that's why I think it shocked people. Yeah, Let's but he's but he's also brilliant. Like I've read I've read and watched a lot yeah. of other interviews that he's done, and the way he talks about film, like he clearly loves the the art form. And so, to I think the the soundbite the soundbite the soundbite it was kind of an I think it was an off the cuff thing, and you know now it is it is what it is, and we'll see where we go next. Yeah, and I and I and again we're we've gotten so far away from his context. He said a theme park ride, but that's not yeah. an automatic no. insult. Right. I love rolling. I think coasters. he was yeah, and I think he was just saying the kind of movement from moment to moment thrills and and stuff like that. And when you get off of it, you you it was really when really, Coppola yeah. It, yeah yeah Coppola, yeah. Coppola said it doubled his down. mouth. That's yeah. when it really took but uh, yeah, and I think when you get off the ride, like it's over, and you put it behind you, and you're like yeah. yeah, that was fun, and it's not yeah, it's not insane. inherently bad. Ways yeah, it's not inherently bad. So 
I think Marvel movies are cinema. I've had some touching moments in Marvel movies that, I mean, and I'm a critic, a professional critic, that have made me even just, like, sit up and, and say, like, wow, this is amazing, mm-hmm. and, yeah. like, this is great, and I haven't seen this before. So, like, I'm, I'm just, I'm good with the MCU, plus I get paid to be. So, <laughs> there's that, too. But, uh, all right, we're going to let you guys debate that. Hit us up with the hashtag comic book nation. We've spent a ton of time on this, so we're going to keep moving to some Batman gaming rumors. We got a rumor this week about the uh, next Batman. Batman game in the Arkham series. Uh, Warner Brothers Montreal is allegedly out there hatching a uh, new game called Arkham Legacy, and it will allow us to play not just Batman, but with members of the entire Batman family, which is, I mean, this is a natural evolution of the Arkham mm-hmm. games. I mean, this is where we're headed. I We've also hold rumors that, you know, we could be, <laughs> it could be a multiplayer game too, yep. which would yeah. be really cool if we could take it back to like those 90s arcade games like X-Men and stuff oh, like that. I love those. Yeah. Oh yeah. And just like team dynamics, mm-hmm. yeah. that would be really cool. Because I mean, Arkham was a game uh, Batman, like uh, Arkham, what was it? Just Arkham Asylum was the first one. I was there's so many Arkham games. Asylum was the first one. Yeah, and so like that was the game that really kind of entered us in this new era of it revolutionized yeah, yeah, that much. style of game, especially superhero games, because we were yeah. coming out of a period where we had just awful, yeah, just awful movie like, remake party games, just, like ugh. movie knockoff games, and they were all just so poorly yeah. made and so hard to control that and dumb didn't Superman create the experiment. Oh, that was the ring. Oh. <laughs> Sailing through the rings game. Uh, mm, the most yeah. interesting, and but like Batman, like Arkham, really put you in the yeah. skin of Batman, and it was freaking awesome. You could take on entire gangs, like do all the combo systems, and the it really, it really leaned into the detective like, yeah. aspect of it all, yes. which I think for the first that time, really a lot of people liked because you know for uh, you know a long time, even now, like. The Arkham games, to me, have done more for the detective side of Batman than you even get in comics or mm-hmm. any or in under, any other media yeah, right like now. Yeah, like piecing together crime scenes and yeah. stuff like yeah. that. That stuff is so cool. And so, like, but it really just made this game of, like, immersive char- superhero character immersion, like, really locked it into place. And then Marvel took the baton and, like, with Spider-Man that mm-hmm. we have now, now we have Avengers coming. But uh, Arkham Legacy, I mean, if Avengers is coming, you know, they got to, Warner Brothers got to top that. I am- so Arkham Legacy would be a, a nice step. And we've heard, okay, so Batman Family Playable, mm-hmm. Court of Owls will be the uh, storyline um, and possibly multiplayer is what we've heard mm-hmm. so far. Yeah. And this one is, I mean, this one is WB Montreal. So they're the ones that did Arkham Origins, mm-hmm. which I is actually one of my favorite games in that franchise because aside from some weird choppy frame rate stuff, like right off the bat, that game did that was set before the other Arkham yeah. games. And I thought they did a really good job with like doing a younger Batman, Jesus, doing spin on some of those though. villains and like Mad Hatter was awesome. Like they did some really cool stuff with with characters in that game. So my question is because you know Rocksteady kind of ended theirs in their trilogy. Their trilogy's done. So this seems to suggest either it's picking up where Origins left off because there's a big gap of time between where Origins ends and Asylum begins, and or is it set after? Because, like, for people that remember Arkham Knight, everyone knows he's Batman now. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a bunch of stuff that kind of happened at the end of that game to be like, okay, well, maybe that's why you play some of the other characters. That. Well, that's Thanks. what, and that's what I well, think. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but that's where I think is the smarter place to pick up and why the having the family the aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. Having the family aspect come in because they can't do a lot of what they need Batman to do. 
because everyone knows who he is. Well, and Knight already had the implemented, you know, uh, dual combat thing where you could switch on the fly. And I honestly think that's what it will be here. Like, I don't think it'll be a X-Men Legends or Mm -hmm. Ultimate Alliance style game because that doesn't really fit the combat system that they have. They already have it built in where you can have two people fighting at the same time. So, I mean, having the Batman family at this point, because like when Knight launched, Batwoman was popular, but she wasn't like as popular as she is now. We Mm -hmm. didn't have like Orphan and like some of those other characters. They could do a lot. Like they could have, I would love to have like a Renee Montoya question Mm -hmm. playable in this game or an Orphan or, you know, Spoiler could be back. Like they could do some really cool stuff aside from Tim Drake, Damien, Nightwing. But also like the the same token, and it could also just go back to the origins thing, make it a lot of easier with a lot more recognizable characters. Yeah. From when Batman and his They could absolutely do that. And then I think it's the big question, right? Like, yeah, if it's gonna involve the Court of Owls, that's a very singular Mm -hmm. kind of vision as far as who the bad guys are going, you know, the bad guys are going to be. So I don't know what that extended villain cast even begins to look like because it like that story is incredibly straightforward Mm -hmm. and for them to build out and upon that, especially if it's taking place in, you know, after some of these old games, we already know where some of the other villains are and things like that. Like who they have to play with is a pretty small pool at this point. Yeah. If we look at Arkham Knight, they took the Jason Todd story, which itself Mm -hmm. is also very small. I mean, that's a very personal story between three characters really and mm-hmm. they expanded that to include two-face and you know a bunch of other villains and mixed them into that so i mean they could very well pad that out i i'm just interested to see the timeline uh and also if this game is supposedly what remained of the damien wayne mm. solo game so is that did they just like I kind of want to see what this looks like from that angle. And also, if this leads into Rocksteady's eventual announcement of whatever hell DC game that they've been working on, which has been rumored for Superman, Justice League, and Suicide Squad. So, like, there's lots of questions. But I'm up for that. I've been missing this. It's been a while since night. When did night? release oh, it's been it's been, been a while 2015 2016 it's been a like while that. so i've missed that combat system i mean even though you can yeah. technically go play that in shadow of war but <laughs> but like i mean it's the same type of system but i'm i'm excited for this all right so when we come back we are going to break down marvel's marauders and do some rants and raves really quick and show you guys some love by reading some fan reviews yeah. so stay tuned for all of that Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
All right, so continuing on our uh, tracking of the X-Men's reinvention in Marvel Comics, this week, uh, last week we talked about X-Men number one from Jonathan Hickman, but uh, this week we are talking about Marvel's Marauders, uh, which is coming, uh, who's the creative team behind that again? Uh, Jerry Duggan and Matteo Loli. There you go. Boom. Comic experts telling you stuff. Marauders is out. Uh, this was the first spin-off book from the uh, new X-Men line set in this post-House of X world. And uh, the basic premise of it is that Kitty Pride finds out, Shadowcat, that she can't use the warp gates to go to Krakoa like everybody else, which is a central mystery of this right now. And so she steals a boat, uh, like any badass mutant, she steals a boat and sails her way to Krakoa, uh, but then gets there and finds out that, like, yeah, this problem is more extensive. She can't build her own biome home like everybody else. The island's resources won't work for her. Krakoa and her have beef for some reason. So Kitty Pride is recruited by Emma Frost to take on this other mission that they need for the new nation, which is to take a boat and sail to nations where mutants are still oppressed under countries that didn't recognize Krakoa's sovereignty and mutant amnesty that most of the nations of the world have. So they need to basically have a kind of pirates for good team <laughs> to go out there, sail around to these nations, and help liberate mutants who are living in these oppressed places and but also too deal for, with other things. For mutants who also can't use Krakoa, right? Like that's Isn't that a conceit of it, that they're, Kitty's not the only one who can't use the portal? No, it's no. mostly oh. that they, people can't access the can't, portal. Uh, okay. so Kitty's because either they couldn't them. set one up in that country, okay. or like we see with some other yeah. countries, they're being guarded. Or right. because those governments don't want exactly. that. Like okay. Russia has a whole squad of yeah. goons outside the portal. There's like um, mutant hunting dogs yeah, in front of now one. Now there's some new kind of humans have created new kind of mutant hunting of animals <laughs> to kind of patrol and make these places basically like death runs. I, yeah. I guess I thought they would have been like. Uh, do you, you remember uh, Predator X mm -hmm. fr from what, Messiah Complex or not? Yeah. I feel like I feel like those we would have seen pop up like again as like the dogs in front of the thing but they were like something they were just kind of something new. else completely yeah. yeah there's something new they just threw out there you know i saw that and i was like why aren't those the you something we've seen <laughs> so like yeah so people i mean there's still a lot of beef in the world uh with with places that are not so into uh mutant rights and so like kitty pride recruits a team uh she gets Iceman, she gets storm they find uh the original pyros back from the dead he was <laughs> such a great sequence. yeah he was just kind of stowawaying and like hiding on the boat taking a nap and when it goes sailing and so he he just joins the team because uh, he was looking to get into trouble, so this is good for him. Um, we find out he was one of the first people resurrected on Krakoa, and so, like, yeah, he's just looking to get into something, and he's happy just to have Lockheed around. For That's so, that fire. moment's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh. Um, and this book was really kind of, it's such a weird concept. It's like the X-Men meets a pirate book, yeah. and like, but also, like, geopolitical intrigue, and, like, how is this all going to work? And it's such a weird, quirky book, but it works this first issue really well. I, I um, had no idea what to expect from this one. And to honestly, to be honest, I had pretty low expectations of this one. This was, this was the one I was the least excited about. Just because there was really no one on the team that like I really kind of cared about. And so when I just started reading it, though, but like the conceit of this story, yeah. especially how it operates in this, you know, Hickman X-Men world 
is straight up fascinating. I mean, if you're reading uh, more articles, I mean, the, yeah, like I, like I, but like when you say pi- it's like a pirate adventure thing. Like I, I don't care about pirates. You know but what he's mean? Like, wanted to do one forever. No, I and I, the enthusiasm comes through in this book. <laughs> you can clearly see like this guy yeah. has wanted to write one of these forever. But the thing is, I mean, I think what hinges on this and and what's so good in this first issue is, like you said, you didn't care about the team, but like what makes this work is the character of shadow cat yeah. in this and kitty pride and this uh, all kind of kate well, pride yeah i know we're gonna get to that <laughs> jump gun jim like we're getting oh that. that's the name yeah. <laughs> so that's the name we're gonna get to that but uh yeah and, and this is kind of a book about her character having like this awakening about mm-hmm. who she is and in this new world order and who she's going to be. And she kind of leaves this whole kitty thing behind as she, White Queen, kind of goads her into finally accepting, like, it's a sign she's a grown-up now. Like, my name is Kate Pride. Yeah. Um, she says at the end. But this book makes Kitty Pride into, like, it's really good how it makes her the central character mm-hmm. and, and makes her a very interesting character. She's kind of, like, edgy, kind of badass. There's a little bit of that Age of Apocalypse Kitty Pride I see yeah. in this one, and it's in just enough, but still the classic kind of cutesy girl. And there's a thing where she takes on like a whole squad of goons, and I think is it Russell? that action scene was yeah. just yeah. so it is literally good. Kitty Pride versus an army, and it just shows you if you've ever like thrown shade at Shadow Cat and been like, oh, she's like one of the weaker or stupid X Men. Like this one just shows you like how badass she is by just having her just destroy this army of dudes. And she does it so effort like she it, it's yeah. portrayed in a way that it's almost effortless. Yeah. And she's yeah. just she's just going through the motions as an experienced X you know, X Men who has been doing this for her whole life and she, and again it's that concept like, oh there's no way Kitty can do all this. And yeah. she is just going boom, 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 and you're just like, whoa. It's one of the things that uh, you know, over the years, like there have been creators like, you know, she was spotlighted in mm-hmm. Astonishing. Yep. She was spotlighted in X Men Gold. And those, there are times in those series where you're like, that's, that's exactly Kitty Pride, but like it always, but she's always, always kind feels, of been like a kid. Yeah. Cause they're, and it's always also almost like, uh, they're making a point to mm-hmm. put her there. So it feels like almost overly intentional. Like it feels right. intentional. Right. This was feels like Roman effortless. This was just, this is just who I am. I am an experience. And it really did. It felt like mm-hmm. it was graceful. It was elegant yep. and it wasn't ham-fisting, oh, you need to care about Kitty Pryde. Mm-hmm. It was showing you all the reasons why you should respect that character, right? And that's that's what I really appreciated about it. And it did it with a touch of lightheartedness. Like, that's what I love about that. She's joking throughout the, the thing and, and making quips. But again, they don't come off as force. They're just her. It's her personality. Buddy of mine has a, has a theory that I think is kind of spot on, that I think the reason why Kitty can't use the portal is because of Emma Frost. Oh, I do too. Like Emma Frost is absolutely yeah. pulling like the strings, pulling the strings here, and and because she's the third person, right? She, she needed asked. someone to do this job, and and she would be the one to somehow manipulate Krakoa to where, oh, you can't, you can't access it. I'm going to force you into this role. Yep. And so, and by the way, Emma Frost is only in. I mean, just a couple pages. Just because it's a couple pages. Phenomenal. Like, I just love how, again, like, there's an effortlessness to this character that she just gets. And it's great. Like, Jerry Duggan is a a great guy. And when he is on, dude is on. He's had a few books that I, I I have not liked. 
But this feels like, you know, if you like good the good Jerry Duggan books, this is definitely yeah. one of those. This is it's fun. He and gets it, these characters. And it's a it's a great team. I when I first saw this team, I wasn't sure because like I've never been a big pyro person. Right. Storm can be hit and miss mm-hmm. for me. Uh I mean, I love Iceman. But I mean the this group though works really well together. Like the little storm comment yeah, of like Iceman was you great. deal with Emma. I don't want to yeah. deal with Emma, but I'll go, you know, if that's like there's just little bitty things throughout this issue. So great. Yeah, Marauders, good time, like good time, and I can't. And it's an open enough concept that we can. Oh, see it's a great it jumping. It's a great yeah. jumping on point. Even if you haven't read House of X or Powers of Ten or whatever, this does a great job of setting up what the new status quo is and why the characters are at where they're at, and then boom, hit, and then. And it's it's a it's what I love about it. A book like this is you can jump in right here and can, can continue moving forward. And if you can't wait for uh, Marauders issue two, you can go back. If you haven't read House of X and Powers of Ten, go read that, catch up, yeah. and then and then go do it. Like it's the perfect work backwards and forwards kind of book Agreed. for a new reader. Yeah. And uh, what I'm saying is it can change from month to month, adventure to adventure. Mm-hmm. It can change greatly, and uh, that that variety will be fun. So. Check out Marauders. It's now available wherever comics are sold. We are going to keep moving and uh, quickly run through some rants and raves where we tell you what we're watching and what you guys should check out or not. Um, we're going to keep this tight today because we want to read some fan reviews. Uh, I'm going to start with uh, Castle Rock. Season 2 is now out. They dropped it. The first three episodes are now up on Hulu. Uh, this is the Stephen King, uh, the show based on the works of Stephen King, uh, mixing his characters and, and stories into this fictional town of Castle Rock. It's an anthology series, so this is not the same story from season one, right. which is going to be disappointing for some fans because it felt like season one was going to keep going <laughs> with an incomplete, weird story about alternate dimensions and sounds and all this stuff right. and memory. But uh, no, this is a new story. And um, having seen the first couple episodes, I can report that this, is a, this season is better in the sense that it is much more blessedly simple um, mm. It's a psychological horror story. It's about, it, it basically brings in uh, Annie, the lady from Misery, and played by um, Lizzie Kaplan, who's mm-hmm. a really great actress, and mixes that with, with other films like Salem's Lot and the evil growing in that town from this old house and all this stuff. And the first couple episodes, and it, and it adds new elements. Castle Rock is kind of obsessed with like mixed families for some reason. <laughs> um, really, the first episode, the first season had like Sissy Spacek yep. r- r- like adopting a black son. Mm-hmm. This one has Tim Robbins as the guy from uh, who runs the uh, the general store that shows up in um, Sting- Stephen King's stories all the time. I forget what it's called. The uh, off the top of my head, I'm not a big Stephen King fan, but uh, and he's adopted two Somali children because the town has a huge Somali population mm-hmm. and. So it's about that and the in the beef that caused with his some of his uh, natural born sons and so there's all this stuff mixed in but um, Lizzie Kaplan and does a great job of kind of playing the lady from Misery in new context she has a daughter and she's on the run and she ends up in Castle Rock and so she's really unhinged and crazy mm. uh, and that makes for some pretty shockingly violent stuff in the show um, but it, it's much more straightforward it's not like all this mystery it's just kind of a good thriller. This takes place in the same setting, though. Yeah, Castle Rock as season one. Yeah, it's just a different story. Okay, that's what that's what I thought. I'm excited. I I liked season one. I'm excited to what is coming for season two, and I'm glad that you liked it. Yeah. 
The next thing I'm going to do real quick is just highlight, I know I'm so late to the party on this, um, Demon Slayer, the new anime Demon Slayer, mm. is a series that everybody's been talking about, and if the chatter finally got to my ears, and I was like, all right, man, <laughs> let me just check this thing out on Hulu. Um, Demon Slayer, I'm not going to butcher its full name, because, like, yeah, it's it has a Japanese, like, sub name to it. Uh, Kimitsu no Yaiba, I hope I said that right, um, but it is great. It's about a young kid living in this world where, in this kind of like feudal world where demons are known to be out at night and people kind of, you know, get off, off the road and out of the forest at night uh, because demons hunt humans and grain strength from eating them and something tragic happens in his life and he and his sister, he has to train to become a demon slayer and it's awesome. It is one of the most unique visual styles you will see in anime, uh, especially the action scenes which use like CGI like paintings of like old Japanese art styles for oh, like cool. their attacks and stuff. It's really freaking cool. And Demon Slayer is badass. Is so it a? It is. Is it a subbed show or a dubbed show? Uh, right now, just subbed. Okay. Um, but like probably my new favorite anime since My Hero Academia. Hmm. Uh, and yeah, it it, it the a there's action that gets me more riled up than like that I haven't been since, like, My Hero. So check that out. And finally, shout out to uh, another Hulu series. Man, these are all on Hulu, I realize. Man. Man. Um, Wu-Tang, an American story. Like, need to watch this. Yeah, yeah. that season wrapped this past week. Uh. Um, great show. It's basically, like, a slightly fictionalized telling of Wu-Tang's origin story. The, the cast is fantastic. The people they found to play each Wu-Tang Clan member are amazing the guy who plays old dirty bastard is it's crazy how good he is and Shamik moore plays raekwon the chef like in his grimy drug dealing days and really yeah it is amazing and he is so oh great God. in this show okay nice so yeah wu-tang and american like story is is a really good for hip-hop fans go check that out and based on our spotify results no quite <laughs> quite, a, quite a few of you on here no post Malone. so uh if you're not checking that out no post malone in it but uh if you're checking if you're not checking that out on hulu be sure to it's excellent all right matt what do you got uh so i'm gonna run my, through mine just real quick and i'm only gonna touch on one in particular and mine is mostly surrounded uh my review of wwe 2k20 Ooh. uh which um my biggest thing is not the review itself you can go read it on the site and i look i wrote like a thousand words talking about my point so i pretty laid it out pretty well there uh but my biggest thing is that Every so often you get a reminder of like how much an echo chamber Twitter and, mm -hmm. and Facebook and like social media is. And this is one of those cases where I just urge people to not be so quick on the trigger and to actually maybe do just, just a little. <laughs> just you step, are. It might just, glitch. Just oh. step outside and do a little research because but, a lot of the common complaints but that are coming, not the glitches, right. not, not those. Those are separate. Right. But I also can't factor those into my review if I didn't have them. Sure. So that's it's not my job to review everybody else's experience. Is it, worth, job the, is it worth the sixty dollars though? For me, yes. Okay. But as I say in the review, if you are big into online play, mm -hmm. that's not really a thing yeah. for me, and it never has been. But if not with WWE, mm -hmm. but if you are, then you probably need to wait. You probably don't need to get it now. You need to wait for them to fix all that and then go back. Uh, I didn't have those glitches, but my main issue is some of the very quick like. Hey, uh, I'll just stick with the last game, and it's this has gone down so far from there. And all it takes is just like look at gameplay footage and look at and play last year's game, which I have and I own, right? And 
you see the drop is not it's it's actually the core gameplay is actually better right and graphics there's it's like every every year it's hit and miss some are better some are worse like it goes down depending on the superstar depending on the but engine. is it are the is the graph so the gameplay being better yeah sure fine but are the graphics distracting no not for me okay no, I didn't have any of the glitches during create a character mode. I didn't have any of the stuff. Like the graphical issues, there there is a sheen, like it needs four coats of paint in mm -hmm. the my player mode to be where I want it to be. Was I still entertained and like did I still want to play that mode? Absolutely. So right. I didn't come away from that. And the showcase mode is great. The towers are great. The my universe is great. Like there's a lot of really good stuff here and enough to warrant a purchase. But my biggest thing is like if you, I saw people posting like the John Cena meme of like 2K15, <laughs> right? And 2K15 in that screenshot looks great. And then you watch the entrance and even the entrance model looks great. Mm. And then they start walking and they look like someone is like a boulder is walking down the ramp because the animation is terrible because all the graphical power went into, I'm going to make it look like a photo, but he's not animated well. Watch Triple H spit water in that, and it looks <laughs> terrible. And you watch him do it here, and it looks like a person is animated, because yes, there are tradebacks, right? There's trade-offs. So same thing with, uh, there was a developer, uh, ex-developer of, um, I think it was Raw versus SmackDown versus Raw, Raw versus SmackDown 2010. And he went on, he told this whole video of like, here's why, you know, here's my opinion on why 2K20 is broken. And he essentially upped Ukes, which was the former developer of mm -hmm. the series, uh, for, for doing crunch mm. at, in January. And he's like, and he, he kind of sold it as a plus. Like, oh, well, we, were, we had ideas and we went there and the higher-ups treated us to dinner. And then those developers, the next morning, we realized that, like, they hadn't gone home. And they had been working all night through to get our changes in there. And like that's I feel like that's the problem with this game is that it doesn't have people that'll do that. It doesn't mm -hmm. have people that'll make that happen. And you go, that's a terrible freaking policy. <laughs> that is what like current legislators are trying to get out of gaming. That is why people burn out in this industry. So maybe think a second before you say stupid things. Like that is no, there's context there. We don't want that. <laughs> it's okay. So no, you shouldn't be praying someone doing it. going really crazy with this. I was just saying there are things that bother me and it, it's that quick social media trigger finger thing of here's things and if you just take five minutes to go look at something you can realize that yeah that's not the case. So are you recommending W? I recommend it. Okay. You can read All my right. review. What else do you have to read about? <laughs> the other ones no because this took way too long. So the other ones I'll cut for some other time. But that was my main that was my main gripe. You feel some kind of way about I'm just this. saying that bothers me. <laughs> no that I mean I get me. it. Get, get it off your chest. Yeah so anyway that was my, that was my rant. I can go super super rapid fire quick uh if you're not watching my hero academia you need to be you need to watch it, it this the uh, you know we're only two uh, two episodes in the first one was basically a recap the second episode for what what we know is gonna is going to come is back bigger better than ever just go watch it if you like things like the x-men or superheroes in training and or any of that type of stuff this is the show that's the show for you that was way less vitriolic than I, have a, <laughs> I have a i have a quick i have a quick rant though Oh. And I feel uh, that that HBO uh, and Damon Lindelof did a not so great job in selling the general public into the Watchmen show. Uh, there are a lot of people who I who I have spoken to who know g in generalities what Watchmen is. They don't really know what the what Watchmen is all about. Watch the show; they don't get it. 
and they're not sure if they're going to want to watch episode two. And I can see where they're coming from. Really? I have, but I like, I loved it even the, even though like it, it's not very Watchmen-y and I know a lot of people have really liked it, but I was, I was surprised at the amount of people who I would, who I would have bet hundred dollars easy would have been super into this show and just weren't because they were kind of lost and aren't sure they want to invest the time to, for it to get better or for it to make sense. Hmm. That's okay. Interesting. Tell them to listen to our Watchmen podcast. That'll help them. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for Rants and Raves. And uh, to close out the show today, we are going to, as stated, read Yay! some uh, user reviews. So if we read your review and it's a five-star review, uh, we will send you a Comic Book Nation t-shirt. You just need to hit us up. Uh, the easiest way is over the hashtag Comic Book Nation on Twitter. Yep. Or you um, can email editor at comicbook.com. Or email editor at comicbook.com and send us your real name, your shirt size, and your address. That's right. And give us a couple weeks to a month to get them out. All right, so we're going to start with one that's not a five-star review because I just saw this one. It's a one-star review. Ooh. And I was like, what is this? And it just says, horrible by Tad McFly. Matt is terrible. And it says, I really can't <laughs> believe how bad and unprofessional this podcast is. If I want to listen to... Here we go. If I want to listen to people trash trump on a daily basis i'll turn on cnn sir sir i would just like to point out nobody has ever mentioned the president by name on this podcast yeah i don't even know no we've mentioned i know what he's referencing we've mentioned twice comparatively saying things we're talking about are absurd like comparing them to what's happening in political life okay like we've said, you know, this isn't crazy. Like if we think this is crazy, like we're we're in a day yeah. where people are like denying facts. So right. like yeah, we've that's been part of yeah, arguments. That's not this or yeah, not it's even, we never mentioned yeah. the president or any other political figure by name in this show. We won't be doing that because this isn't a political podcast, nope. and that's Wait, not, not what we're here for. So we do no. No, we indoctrinate people another way. Let's read the fun one. Yeah. Gonna have to change. More of a religious podcast than anything. But uh, <laughs> you, boo boo. But uh, like, yeah. So, <laughs> sir, fun sir, calm down. Like, I, I mean, you know what? I'm glad he started with a one star though. It keeps us. That's it. Now I want. Now I want to go up. So no, it's kind of like go. a snowflakeish one. Like we've never mentioned the man by name. Like how offended are you? We've never even said anything directly about the president or politics. So makes my two kids. And I and, and don't throw around. <laughs> and don't throw around unprofessional. That's not unprofessional. So you check your words. It's very hard. <laughs> because it's stupid. I understand. Kofi, stupid. Kofi, this, this is Kofi's baby. He's very passionate about it. Yeah, no, it's not, it's not even about the podcast. Like, that was just giving us a one star and saying something's <laughs> unprofessional because we made an indirect political yeah. statement. Like, come on, man. All right. All right. Now, now for the, the good ones. people. Yeah, now for the good people. Can't think of a title. After seeing by Hoodlum 209, after seeing that there was a podcast from Facebook, it was a must. I love the interaction between everyone on. It's like we are all having a convo. I listen on or at work, and it is awesome. Thank you for making my workday go faster. You are welcome, oh, That's sir. awesome. Look at that. Oh, man. Here's another one yelling at us about spoilers. Oh, boy. I don't know. I've been pretty good about warning. Yeah, I don't know. You're just complaining. You know, we tell you, we tell you there's spoilers. <laughs> I try. I try. So, sometimes we do it too late, and that's our fault. That's, We're yeah, sorry. That's yeah, that's our but, fault. That's our bad, but, uh, you know, whatever, you and your three-star review. <laughs> Don't let the name deceive you. It's much more than comics by uh, C-Pain883. This is a must-listen for any nerd, geek, movie, Disney lover, gamer, TV show, connoisseur, WWE fan, and a lot of other things. I love this show. The hosts make you feel like you are part of the team and you are among friends while discussing a variety of topics. They discuss 
and review, as well as spoil, beware. Oh, man. That's from an assortment of different perspectives. That's fair. And is it limited to a single viewpoint? I express how highly I recommend a must-listen. There are going to be so crazy spoiler warnings in this. I'm going to make you hate <laughs> that's, my that's voice. Fair, that's fair. Uh, you're Thank hate you, C-Pain 883. For these I love spoiler that name warnings. So bad. Or so good. One of the only non-football pods I enjoy by Tim NFL. I enjoy it twice a week and would love it even more three times a week. The Holy Trinity and Marvel and DC are awesome. A little wrestling, not my bag, but I get it. And the queen of anime. I am Aww. on the go and love being able to absorb all of this info on my daily commute. Give me more. Megan got a shout out. So it's really yeah. funny because uh, just last week, so Megan and uh, myself do the A Wild Podcast Has Appeared, the Pokemon show we do. Nice plug. And uh, whatever. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> and Christian, Christian and myself have gotten plugs. Uh, Megan uh, only has only gotten one. And so I love the fact that she has gotten a, a shout out for Comic Book Nation, a show that she's on every, every once in a while. So I'm pretty yeah, sure yeah. She, this is actually like the third I think oh. this is like the second or third one she's gotten with us. Yeah, yeah, no. Thank you, Tim NFM. Yeah. Uh, recent find by Super Sam seventy five. I started listening to Comic Book Nation recently. I've used their website for years to keep up with the latest information on all things comic books and pop culture news, but wasn't aware of the podcast. I didn't know what I was missing. The podcast is fantastic. I've enjoyed each episode. The crew has a great energy and brings so much to the recording. Make mine CBN. Oh, I love and that. finally, how have I not known about these folks by Frog of Wing, a Frog of Wind Sea. <laughs> <laughs> I love that name. I am a so big fan names. of all things pop culture. One day, one of my friends posted one of the comicbook.com's articles, and ever since, it has turned into my front page of the internet. Aww. When I found out there was a podcast, I immediately tuned in and have listened to every episode since. The Wednesday episode rundown of the comics helps me to see if I missed a good comic that week. The Friday episode helps me catch up on any happenings that I missed throughout the week. The rapport between the hosts is pure fun to listen to. All right. Thank you to all our five-star reviewers. We really appreciate you guys, and we appreciate everybody who's listening. Can Even I, if you can come I slide, away with can I slide in one more? Star, uh, can I slide in one more? I just because I really like I really like this this other one. Hey man, you wouldn't be jump the gun, Jim. Oh whatever. That's, whatever. Your, that's this, officially this, your this name, is this is a good by one. The way. This is by Glenn X Gucci because because. I really like this one. Uh, he goes, uh, I've looked for podcasts that cover comics and movies and TV forever, and this is all of that in one. I love the real takes on things rather than pretending they like something that they don't. <laughs> Just subscribed a month or two ago and keep bin- and love binging every week uh, for past issues. Keep it up. Aww. I think that is, that is a, a great review because I, one of the things that I love, even as someone who's just sort of, you know, sits, sits back a bit and watch you guys do your thing, one of the things that I think is core to this show is we love this stuff. And and there are some things that some of us hate, and there are some things that some of us love. And when that powder keg is lit, it's it's awesome and incredible. And a lot of that, you know, I have to give props to Matt and Kofi for because they're the ones that that steer this ship. And whenever we have, you know, we're, we're bringing in a, a new third chair or even someone else sitting in in my chair in the fourth spot, it seventy seven episodes in, it is this has been fantastic. So kudos, guys. Aww. Oh, thank you. That's so nice. If you knew anything about where we work, you knew this is so rare. We don't get praise like this. <laughs> it's only because we're in the studio and, 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 and the cameras yeah. are on. And I was like, I need the, the proof. On, yeah. Here we go. Jim's building up points. He's been doing like a lot of good. Whatever, Rich. Man, that empathy that training, whatever that empathy training was, Save that I don't know if he put you in like a Watchman pod thank or something, but it was, uh. it was pretty good. Thank you, Empathy Training. And that's where we'll end this episode <laughs> of Comic Book Nation. Uh, thank you, guys. If you ever want to subscribe, we put up episodes every 
every Wednesday and Friday. Make sure you check out both. This is the Friday episode. Make sure you go back and listen to the Wednesday episodes. Now with Janelle Wheeler, uh, who is now our co-host on Wednesdays. So be sure to check all that out because we have some great discussions and things. Uh, And it's really popping off the Wednesday one on Facebook. So make sure you listen to that one, too. That's the Wheeler Wagon showing up. Yeah. Yeah, man, that Wheeler Wagon. So serious stuff. If you ever want to join the discussion, hashtag Comic Book Nation. You can listen on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Google Playlist. Tell any Amazon Alexa device to fire up uh, Comic Book Nation podcast. And there was something else I realized that we're not plugging constantly. Oh, yes, we're also on YouTube. If you guys are <laughs> ever looking to find us, because I know some of you kids who give me the shade are always looking at my YouTube views and whatnot. <laughs> but we're on YouTube. Uh, videos of this show get put up there. I know there um, are comic shops that play our show in their store. Yeah, it's for real? Awesome. Yeah, for real. You are just going oh my God, everything off so right now. Oh, okay. But that's going to do it. If you want to talk to me, I'm at Kofi Outlaw. I'm at Matt Aguilar. And TV. I'm at Jim Biscardi. That'll do it. We're out of here. Peace. Deuces.